Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows, except for today, because we're doing it, guys. It's Food News Desk today. We are going to just talk about food and not Marvel stuff. If you are here for Marvel things and that will annoy you, just don't listen to the podcast. And if you like to listen to us ramble, please do. If you're a completionist that feels like you have to listen to this because it's a numbered episode, even though you don't like food... I'm sorry, man. It's just going to be a rough day for so you. So <laughs> you're telling me this podcast is canon with everything else. It is in MND continuity. Yeah, I think I'm going to count it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's going to be a number. We And we're not even like making Patreon members pay for this garble. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, this is going to be such low quality. We can't force. We, we feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> making it feel like you paid for this. Yeah. This is kind of a snippet of what Patreon members get when they watch our live podcasting that Caleb later cuts out. Exactly. Yeah. So if you like this, maybe you should be a Patreon. Exactly. See the unedited version. You can see our smiling faces. Except none of us really ever smile. That's not. Smile. You're smiling right now, Adam. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, okay. We smile until we have to start talking about stuff. And then we start talking about stuff. And then, oh, no. and that's when the bad reviews start coming in, right? You can see we've got two of us are in new places now. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got new apartments for Adam and Rihanna. That's we're both cool. in the city, not <gasps> these. We're both in a city, a mid-sized city, and then the city, respectively. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I'm in Brooklyn now, so I don't know if that counts as the city, but it's still technically New York City. But yeah, I moved to Brooklyn. I would show you the view, but. When I move things, things get knocked over. I'm at that stage of moving. Are you already feeling pressure to like do hippie, like hip trendy things to like fit in? Like, are you going to buy like a weird, like unconventional hat or something? So (laughs) unconventional hat. Um, I mean, I've already been on the board of a farmer's market. So I feel like Brooklyn really probably is my style. Um, I have bubble tea pops in my fridge now have you guys okay so when i was working at the vaccination site so this is just to get us right on brand i was about to say Um, here we go food time (laughs) bubble tea pops never heard of this i'm excited when i was at the vaccination site in jersey there was a bubble tea place across the street and it was like one of the only places like open there was like a bubble tea place in a subway um and i don't like bubble tea bubble tea so like if you ever there's a hilarious little video going around of this guy tasting bubble tea and it's like a milk tea cold that has tapioca balls like little chewy tapioca balls inside and you use like a really fat straw and you like you're drinking your milky sweet tea thing and then these like chewy balls come up and it's like gross but people love it but anyways like this bubble tea place because it was like the only place there you could go in and you could get like you could customize it and i learned that they had like little pops that are like the balls but they're like jelly pops. So I would get a black tea with a shot of peach flavoring and strawberry jelly pops. And it's really just fancy sweet tea. I mean, and I grew up in the South. Like, I love my sweet tea. But like having those little strawberry jelly pops, so you'd be like drinking it. And then with the giant straw and these little pops How? would come up through it. Right. Huh? How has no one been sued yet for choking to death on those? Isn't I don't that think what you, happened to Because they just pop. Like, if you got to the point where, like, you couldn't breathe, it would just, like, 
pop. I mean, yes, I'm sure people have. But like, if you're drinking through a straw, things are going down the right pipe anyways. I don't know. So when you say pops, like I'm thinking of like freezer pops or like popsicles. That's not what you mean. No, they're little. I mean, I could go get them out of the fridge and show you, but they're (laughs) little jelly balls. They're like, like the size of, I don't know. Oh, the balls. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking freezer pops too, or Funko pops. And I'm like, wait, because they make soda, (laughs) right? No, they're little balls. They're like little itty. They're like little. I don't know, half inch balls, like of jelly. Yeah. But... So uh, they're frozen. No. Oh. Oh. So no. didn't you say they were in your freezer? They're in my fridge. Oh, fridge. Okay. And I don't know if they need to go in the fridge. They're probably shelf stable. They're like one of those crazy like Asian things. That so how are they how to... different than like the boba or the bubbles that are usually in bubble tea? Or are they just? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So th- I mean, it's a boba place, or but like the bubble tea, like boba boba. It's tapioca balls. And okay. they're kind of like flavorless, chew like people like them for the texture. Gotcha. Like chewing them and stuff. These, they just you can squish them with your tongue to the roof of your mouth and it's like uh, a little explosion of fruit juice. Ooh, it's like a gusher. Yes. Gusher. That's uh, okay. now you put it like that. Okay, so, yeah. We now put yeah. it in terms Adam and I can understand. Yeah. Ooh, it's like gushers. <laughs> it's like a gusher. Yeah, except for so you're like drinking your sweet tea and then you have these little gushers that'll pop in your mouth and Whoa. they're amazing. I'm taking them to like all the family events this summer so that like I'm the hit with the kids. Oh yeah. Iowa just got chicken sandwiches, so we still have a couple of years before <laughs> Before Boba? Before we get to Boba arrives. <laughs> so talking about roughly Asian-inspired uh, desserts, our family has become a big fan of mochi lately. Have you guys ever had mochi? Oh, yeah. Never, ever. I oh. maybe had it. So it, we were inspired because Michelle Obama now has a kid's cooking show on Netflix. I don't oh, know if cool. you've seen. It's called uh, Mochi and Me or no, Mochi and Waffles. And it's very bizarre. It's like a puppet show like Muppets. One of the puppets is half abominable snowman, half waffle. And the other one is like a little tiny mochi. And my kids are like, what does mochi taste like? And so the wife picked them up and I'm I'm hooked. They're so good. They're like, uh, it's like a sweet, it's like a sweet dough that's like made out of rice. I don't even understand. It's like you take rice and you just like beat it for like an hour and yeah. it like turns into like a dough and then you put ice cream inside of it and you freeze it and it's awesome. It's like a frozen chocolate dumpling. Yeah. One of my favorite pandemic YouTube cooking channels has been Emmy made like Emmy made in Japan. Uh-huh. Like yeah. I, I love her and she, she's done somewhere she makes mochi and it's, it looks very complicated, but yeah. In Japan, they have like the guys like on the side of the street and he's got like, I don't know, like a wooden like tablet or whatever. And they get this dough and they just like, I don't know, I guess you just have to pound the thing over and over and over again to get it pliable enough to do what you want with. But you search mochi and the first thing is why is mochi dangerous? Really? M-O-C-H-I? Yeah, it is dangerous because of its glutinous makeup and dense, thick, sticky texture that can cause choking. Oh, yeah. It'll probably choke you worse than boba if you're not careful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you brought waffles, but I don't want we we can't we should probably shouldn't get into that discussion. 
right? Do you have any favorite weird Asian stuff, Adam? No, I don't. I don't experiment much. I'm like the chicken strips kind of guy. (laughs) I'm not the chicken strips. Chicken nuggets? No, chicken nuggets. Yeah, geez, (laughs) that already. No. Um. So, what's your favorite chicken strips? Oh, geez. Um. I don't know. Is that like making you choose a favorite child? It is. It is. No, I I don't get. Oh, maybe I do get chicken strips a lot. You like strips better than nuggets? I'm. I like sure, the nuggets because yes. they're uh, no. See, I like the. I, I like when you can see the the chicken, <laughs> the the chicken strands, the the chicken. You like when it's you real meat. Yes, the chicken process. fibers, not the the stuff. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I don't get it. Now, now I'm trying to rack my mind and the best chicken tenders I've ever had. Believe it or not, Kate. So here's speaking of food, Casey's General Store makes the best damn pizza on the face of the planet, and they also have decent chicken tenders. But the problem is, Casey's General Store is a gas station, mm-hmm. so people not from Iowa, or the Midwest, get super confused because they're like, "What do you? It's gas station food. You it can't be good." No, it's not like roller items and stuff, but it's pizza, and they make this killer breakfast pizza. But Casey's also has good chicken tenders. In Arkansas, we had a, a place called Pizza Pro. I don't know if it still exists, but there were a lot of Pizza Pros in gas station, and it was basically the main thing I ate for most of my freshman year of college. So I get that gas station pizza is okay. Gas station sushi—that's concerning, but gas that's station pizza—that's okay. Yeah, but the, and that's the thing. This the kitchen's in the thing, and you can see them make the stuff. Which also, I don't really care to see people make my food. That's another just I'm <laughs> sure if you call it a quirk or what. I'd just rather not see anything in the food process. Just throw it down the gullet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Casey, you guys haven't been to see Casey's is Casey's is the bodega of Iowa. That's what I was just thinking. Every, well, I was thinking more Wawa. Like everybody in New Jersey eats at Wawa. I mean, yeah, it's like, Wawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably a better comparison. But but from like a, a regional type chatter, I yeah. guess New Yorkians, New Yorkites, New Yorkers. People, oh, New Yorkers, duh. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, they always drop the B word, the bodega word, and here we have the C word, which is Casey's. A family-friendly C-word, Casey's. <laughs> this may be... <laughs> in New York, they use the B-word, and in Iowa, they use the C-word. Bodega and Casey's. <laughs> yeah, totally. Rhiannon, this may sound like a random question. Is a bodega still a bodega if it's owned by white people? Like, is there an expectation that the bodega should be owned by someone other than, like, a white hipster? So... I threw the word bodega around pretty freely. Like the organic mart on the corner is probably not really a bodega, but to me, it's a place I could go in and buy a bag of chips and a sandwich. So I'm calling it a bodega. Um, I mean, obviously bodega is a Spanish word. So it like goes to, you know, like, like the origins, but I don't know that I've ever like seen I mean, like, you don't really see the word, like, bodega over the door much anymore, you know, or anything that I've seen. Um, But I haven't really seen any operated by white upper-class Americans or anything. I'm trying to think. 
I was just wondering, it just seems like that is a, it seems like an unspoken rule that I'm always a little confused about, you know, like I'm sure in Brooklyn, there's some that are on the edge, you know, like you're looking around and trying to figure out if somebody's wearing ironic glasses or plaid or something, you know, in the behind. Next time I go to Casey's and I'm checking out, I'm like, this is going to, this is a nice little bodega and see what they say. Yeah. What's uh, what's your regional gas station wherever you're from then? What's your We have Casey's and you guys have heard of Come and Go, right? Yes, I've yes, seen okay. there. Okay, that's legitimate. I'm not being gross or anything. It's, yeah. <laughs> so we have Casey's and Come and Go in Iowa as our gas stations. No quick trips really or um So like when I I mean I grew up in North Carolina and I feel like we didn't really have gas stations that you also went to like when i was growing up we didn't have gas stations that you also got food Mm -hmm. and then like now like sheets has moved into the area but i remember when i went on road trips with my grandparents we would always like on the interstate go by loves which were always like big truck stop gas station things but i just remember always seeing the loves and like we would go and stop at those because they had like a million things but those are truck stops i mean truck stops always have the world's largest truck stop is right down the road. Oh, the what interstate? What interstate? Interstate 80. Yeah. New Jersey to California, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. But the northern route. See, I've done I-40 um, all the way to Vegas. Does I-40 go through Vegas? We're going to say it goes through Vegas. Sure. It's not a geography podcast. It's a food podcast. <laughs> it's a food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Vegas and food, though, I ate at uh, Gordon Ramsay's restaurant there once, and it's probably the worst restaurant experience I ever had. Really? It was the I got, I played it safe and got a burger. Yeah. Um, not good. That's interesting because Ramsay usually gets pretty high marks, at least for his places in London. But I never know. Like it's kind of like we've talked about how much can Kevin Feige like really be involved in all these projects. When you're someone like Gordon Ramsay and you're doing four TV shows and you have like seven restaurants across the planet that all have your name on it, at some point you're not involved in that restaurant anymore. Right? Don't expect to go to Guy Fieri's kitchen and have him make your trash can nachos, right? <laughs> God, I want to go to that restaurant. Adam, when you come to New York, we need to go to Guy Fieri's American Ooh, kitchen. I want to I get the nachos so damn bad. What, what, yeah. what if we, we could do a podcast from Guy Fieri's <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> It would be the most off-brand, on-brand thing that it could possibly do. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's a plan. So is it still open even after that incredible review, I guess? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it was before the pandemic. I haven't looked to see if it survived the pandemic. Because I have a friend. I have a friend that's a real foodie, but she also, like, is not a bougie foodie. Like, she'll go to Bob Evans or, you know, she's my Waffle House buddy, like, and every time she comes, I'm like, let's do Guy Fieri's. And she's like, let's go to Katz's Deli. Yeah, let's do something a little, yeah. I get Katz. Uh, it's like a cyclical um, advertising cycle because I went to the Katz website once. And now <laughs> I just keep going to it because the ads keep popping up on my Instagram. Yeah. It's like world's best pastrami. And it's like, I'm not, not gonna, like, I'm not gonna not go there you know so i mean you just shoved a pile of pastrami in my face of course i'm going to check out your website <laughs> so then it resets the ads and i keep getting them the underrated thing about katz's deli is that i think it's brooklyn brewery 
does like a special beer for Katz's that's meant to be like the best beer you can have with a pastrami sandwich. And it's actually really good. Like it's it's perfect to go with it. I'm not normally a beer. I even message you two. I'm like, well, they say they do mail order, but surely it won't hold up through the mail. Cats is not the best pastrami I've had. Really? <laughs> We've yeah. talked about this though. The best is it still that weird thing? The best that you've had? The best, the weird thing, the Mets Stadium. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> City Field has the best pastrami. City you've Field. Ever had. Maybe it's just the like you're not fighting a crowd. I mean, anytime you go to Cats, there's I mean you're you're shouting your order over a crowd and all of this. You know, at, at the Mets Stadium, you can be like, "Give me the burnt ends, give me the you know," and and like so like maybe it's that at City Field they give me like all the burnt ends, which are amazing. Yeah. Um, but it still ends up being like the gigantic pastrami sandwich. Like, now, does it come with pickles? Because that's half the experience with Katz's is you get the they you, they give you the old pickles and the new yeah. pickles. You know, yeah. I don't think it comes with a variety of pickles. It comes with at least a pickle, but I don't remember. Wait, the old pickles and the new pickles. Yeah. So like, like, ha- yeah. like you half know, sour. they they're half sours, right? Uh, I don't yeah. know how to just de- the way that's the way I describe them. So you know, like pickles are obviously just cucumbers that have been pickled, mm-hmm. right? And so at Katz's, you get two, and they're like distinctly different colors, but two different kinds. And one of them has been in the brine as long as you might expect like pickles at the store to be. And then there's some that feel like they just put them in the brine for a day or two. And so they still have a little bit of cucumberiness to them. So there's like fresh pickles. Like you can make refrigerator pickles where essentially you cut up a cucumber and put it in the fridge with some vinegar. Yep. And then there's like canned that have been heated so that the can seals. And I think that's the difference, but maybe not. Hmm. So I don't love the, cats. Uh, what's your what's the we're on pickles? What's what's the go to pickle? Clausen's right and for the store bought. It's Clausen's for me. It's got to be Clausen's. Oh, see, I don't. Only time I eat pickles is when I'm like at a deli. Like I want fresh, like house made pickles. Pickle Caleb only eats mm-hmm. his pickles on his Chick Fil A sandwiches. So um, <laughs> Pollo Comparo. There is this. <laughs> There's this restaurant called Pollo Comparo. It's like a Guatemalan fast food place, but they have locations in America and they have one in Providence. They have a great chicken sandwich, like up there with the best of the fast food chicken sandwiches. But their trick is they use bread and butter pickles. I usually don't like bread and butter Mm. pickles, but that sweetness on a chicken sandwich, it's actually pretty awesome. Is it? McDonald's doesn't have a bad chicken sandwich, man. I'm surprised. I was surprised at how how they did it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I might rank it above Popeyes. No, okay. no. You like not Popeyes? the one I had? The one- have I told you my conspiracy? Didn't I theory? eat it while we were podcasting? <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> to be fair, you you bought it in New Jersey. You kept it with you on the train, and then ate it in Manhattan. That may have been the problem with that chicken sandwich. I think a Popeye's one would have survived that journey. <laughs> so I have a theory, conspiracy theory, that when they launch a new chicken sandwich, they buy patties that are like twenty percent bigger than their usual patties, oh. so that like for the first month, if you try it, you're like, "Oh, this is great," and then they get cheap and they buy smaller patties after that. I've experienced this with several fast food places that have launched a new mm. chicken sandwich. That would explain because I would say that like my later Popeye's sandwich was not as exciting as the first. Right? Yeah. 
I mean, but the high wears off, you know? Yeah. I mean, there was that thrill of, yeah, am I going to get knifed to get this sandwich? (laughs) But there's also, there was also a freshness to it. I think the other challenge is like, because 8,000 people were in line for that first one, you were getting it fresh out. Whereas now that people are used to it, that thing's maybe been sitting in that bag for 30 minutes, you know? Right. It's like going to the Phantom Menace when it came out, right? Everyone's hyped because Star Wars is back. And then you're like, yeah, we love this. And then 10 years later, you rewatch and you're like, ooh. This is real bad. Yeah. I can't believe I like this. Have you guys had uh, the Burger King chicken sandwich Uh, Yeah, I keep getting ads for that, too. I've not... not, uh, I've not had that one yet. That's an operation... It's like an occupational hazard for you, though, right, Adam? That you get, like, tons of fast food ads? I cannot wait until you guys see what... I think I've told you what I'm working on, but I cannot wait to show you what i'm working on uh i liked burger king's chicken beforehand too they had what do you want to call it like the porous chicken nugget meat sandwich type stuff i don't know it wasn't certainly the threaded fiber like the process yeah the chicken patty yes the chicken patty their spicy chicken patty before was pretty good still pretty good so Mm. i might i might do that to uh I do that today. Burger King sounds good. Burger King fries, best in the game. I'll die on that. It'll better oh, than McDonald's. Gross, gross. When gross. Burger King fries are salted right, Mm-mm. which is pretty inconsistent, they're the best in the, the game. Prob- I don't know what it is. There's like a fattiness to them that like your whole mouth feels like coated in Crisco after about three fries. I do I not talk about that. McDonald's there. No, no, it's Burger King every really? time. Coated? Yeah, they're like a I weird you meant fattiness. Fatty- no, the fries are fat they're thick fries yeah. thick with four c's and that's what makes them this <laughs> thick with what <laughs> four c's thick oh thick <laughs> fries. I, like, I heard horse seed i didn't but i was like four c's four c's thick fries but no uh, yeah i'll try the chicken 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 king. I don't even know where the nearest Burger King is. (laughs) Right. Where's and that's what boggles my mind about the city. Like you're just walking along and right next door to the bodega is the Taco Bell, even though it's not like a standalone with a drive through, you just right. Yeah. I really believe it's a true meritocracy. Like when you go down a street and you realize that like Arby's and that little tiny noodle place that's owned by, you know, the family around the block are right at the same, like they're paying the same rent. You realize that those noodles must be pretty stinking good. Like they're not backed by a big corporation or whatever. And so that's what I love about New York city is if it's there, it must have some value because otherwise it would not be able to survive. And it's fun to see what pops up. Like, that little stretch, um, there's a stretch like in the Flatiron District where you do, you have like McDonald's, Arby's, they got a Krispy Kreme. And then there is like a little noodle place, a little boba place, because there's a boba tea place on every corner now. Um, and they just open like a Dippin' Dots and Popcorn restaurant or like stand. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is it Dippin' Dots branded or just frozen ice cream? Branded, like Dippin' Dots. And then like nuts on Clark popcorn. or something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, it's such a random thing to open up like in the like now, you know. I'm just, I, yeah. How's that place going to do in January? 
<laughs> when nobody wants ice cream and sitting in the park like i understand right now because it's like right by a park but you know and then there is like a little bodega there that has like halal food you know yep. inside and just all in one little stretch you know and like a burrito place and it's just so like what is a new yorker's uh psychological reason for purchasing mcdonald's like i've been thinking about this i buy mcdonald's because there's nothing better on the block and i'm in a hurry but in new york that need can be met with a really good bagel or a sandwich from a bodega or you know like a kebab from a halal stand like there are so many better options why would a new yorker ever go to mcdonald's so for me it was usually like the McDonald's was on my way home from a specific train stop. Right. And at like 10, 11 o'clock at night, there weren't all those options. Um. And there's a little bit of anonymity to it. Like you can go into McDonald's and just like enter on the screen what you want to order. Don't have to talk to anybody. So, mm. you know, if I'm getting 20 nuggets and <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, like it's just, you're getting whatever. Right. You don't have to look anybody in the eye while you order that. And then you just you know it'll be ready in a couple minutes and take it home whereas yes like or you know and it would be situations so like my options at that time of night would be like a pizza by the slice that was a little bit out of the way and a halal cart sometimes if it was open a 7-eleven or like mcdonald's so like if i was coming back late at night and i was very hungry it was just one of the easier options and it just occasionally you just want McDonald's. I don't know. I mean, like it was real, my friends and I went, you know, my friends and I, we've done like Michelin star restaurants. You know, we, we, we've all lived in New Orleans at some point. So like, we like our food, but there was one night that we were all sitting around and we were like, I kind of just want some McDonald's. And we had McDonald's delivered. Oh no, we didn't. We sent somebody out, but yeah, and that was when we did just like twenty nuggets and one yeah. of each burger and whatever. And I, I get it. One time when we were at your place, uh, we went to Cote, you know, for yeah. for dinner. But then on the way home, it was like um, Shake Shack was there, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, Shake Shack shake sounds really good." And it was sort of like after the meal I just paid for and the exquisite quality of it. I'm really going to like chase it down with a $3 milkshake. Yeah. Yes, I am. It's delicious. <laughs> I, um, milkshakes. I'm not going to name the names because it's a local independent joint and they probably, li- I mean, they don't listen, but I ordered a mil- chocolate milkshake the other day. And I swear to God, they gave me chocolate milk. <laughs> I swear to God, I took a sip. There was no, uh, consistency there was no thickness to there's no body to it so i wonder but then i thought no this was five dollars they didn't do a five dollar chocolate milk so they like over blended it or over shook it or someone's too strong with the shaker sitting sitting there for a while like did you go in and get it no i was in the drive-thru so maybe it was sitting Mm -hmm. there for a while but not long enough to complete i'm it had the same exact consistency of milk no, no ice cream to be had. Sorry. So I'm going to screw this up. But in Rhode Island, there's still with like the old folks, some of this like uh, pharmacy culture, like from old soda shops and oh, stuff. Yeah. So technically, some Rhode Islanders still think of a milkshake as just a flavored milk. It's literally you take milk and you put in syrup and you shake it. And that's a milkshake. And then what we call a milkshake, they would call a frap. 
And then if you want a milkshake, but made with ice milk instead of ice cream, that's called a cabinet. And there are still like some weirdo random restaurants that still use those terminologies so much so that when McDonald's put out the frappe, there were commercials on the radio where people were like, Oh, you mean a frap? And they're like, no, 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 this is a frappe. This is like ice and, and coffee blended together. And they're like, Oh, so it's not a frap. No, we have milkshakes. Those are fraps, but we don't have, but we, the frappe is different. And I was That's just insane. like, this is bizarre. Like they still have these weird 1940s terms that they're still throwing around. Every like I figured Starbucks will probably file suit against us now for saying frap. I thought that was a <laughs> Starbucks thing. <laughs> All right. This is the thing we always said we wanted to talk about. I believe the question that has been posited many times on the podcast, but never discussed the best way to prepare potatoes. Is that correct? Well, I mean, there's, I mean, we could narrow that down, but I mean, no, just the best potato, right? The, the, the best form of potato, the best, I don't, your favorite, maybe not the, not the best, but your favorite. How do you like to consume? Yeah, because we all agree that potatoes are awesome, but yeah. what's the best kind of potato? I mean, that's like making choose a favorite child for me. <laughs> right. you, yeah, and that's, the, that's what is best, you know? So what's... like breakfast potatoes. How about okay. that? Do you guys, breakfast. if you go to a place and the side is hash browns, what do you, what do you like? Uh, hash browns versus breakfast potatoes? Breakfast potatoes, I mean, if they call it hash browns. Yeah, but so I like the chunks. Like I like it when they like have the chunk hash browns. I do not like the shredded hash browns. Like on a skillet, like if it's on a skillet or like the chunks that are deep fried. Ooh, I think they're deep fried. I I really like it when it's like a hash, you know, like even when there's a little corned beef like mixed in there with the chunks. Oh yeah, like when they do it with the peppers and onions, like they do it every New York restaurant. Yeah, but see now we're getting away from ourselves. Now we're saying, well, see, now this corned beef and onions and all these peppers make the potatoes. Well, that's what hash browns, like breakfast potatoes. Yeah, it's a form of breakfast potato. It's a front. I, I, I'll let it. I'll let it pass. <laughs> Rhiannon is the official judge, <laughs> and she says it counts. See, I would take the opposite way if we're doing breakfast potatoes. See, I call breakfast potatoes the cubed, fried. Potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those. But then hash browns are the shredded. I, I yes. prefer hash browns. I love hash browns. Really? I love shredded hash browns. I so I like the outsides of the hash browns. The problem yeah. is like the white inside ones that are just kind of like oh nothing. no those are good it's got to be crispy on the outside then soggy and kind of yeah. gross and gelatinous yeah. on the middle and actually it's called creamy so like looking at a lot of like potato fried potato recipes that middle part like they call it creamy metal of the potato but oh. yeah it still uh, sounds better than gelatinous yeah sounds better creamy is kind of like a moist word yeah it reminds the problem with the hash brown insides. They remind me too much of like onions. Like I don't like like a an oh. onion crunch and stuff. So like, well, I mean, they shouldn't be crunchy. They should be soft. Yeah, yeah. The outside should be crunchy. So I keep like literally, you can buy like the dried hash browns. Like yeah. you can buy them in like a gallon container, and I now just keep them around all the time. And you like hydrate them for five minutes, and then throw them in a skillet, and it's amazing because none of the restaurants here have those shredded hash browns. Oh, so yeah, because I think of those as like Waffle House hash browns. I love Waffle House. Yeah. 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 
but one of my new things recently so um tortilla espana so in spain they chop up potatoes and they poach them in olive oil which is different than frying like they get cooked in olive oil and then you drain all the olive oil like this recipe takes like a liter of olive oil drain all the olive oil and then there's onions involved you cook the onions with the potatoes at some point and then eggs and you do it in a skillet and they somehow flip it in the skillet so you end up with just potatoes and onions and eggs but there's something about the way they're cooked in that olive oil that is just delicious Mm. how does one poach in oil compared to frying you just keep the temperature lower Gotcha. And I mean, and olive oil right. won't like cook like a corn oil or vegetable oil. Right, right, right. Um, but like the potatoes, so the potatoes don't brown, which I would think would be a bad thing. But there's something about it, like the way they cook in all of that olive oil. I mean, granted, this is not a healthy dish. You end up with a lot of that oil in your potatoes. Right. And then the eggs get like it gets nice and crispy on the top and bottom because you're cooking it in a skillet. So, Rhiannon, this is maybe off topic. Have you ever had shakshu, uh, shakshuka? Yes, but I don't remember it. Because it, it makes me think of that. It's like a skillet dish. It's not yeah. got any like carb in it, but it's like a Middle Eastern or Moroccan. like It's like a tomato mm-hmm. dish, but then you put like whole eggs in it and they like cook inside of the tomatoes. It's very yeah, good. maybe that's where I went. I, I don't do boiled eggs. I don't eat boiled eggs. Really? Oh. They're just grody, which is probably why they kicked me out of the south because, like, I wouldn't eat deviled eggs. Oh, you won't eat deviled eggs, they're boiled eggs, foods ever. Yeah, but then, but then, yeah, they're boiled eggs. Oh man, so do you, you won't eat an egg McMuffin then? I'll eat an egg McMuffin, okay? That's basically because I usually forget. Okay, it still amazes me that they use real eggs for those. Like crazy. of yeah. all the, the the corners that they cut, the fact that they don't cut that corner is bizarre to me. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, I usually just sort of forget, and the egg gets mixed in with the sausage when I do an egg McMuffin. And... No boiled eggs. Wow. Yeah, Soft boiled, hard boiled, none. Gross. Mm-hmm. Gross. Gross. That's gross. Interesting. I mean, I'll do, I'll do over easy. I'll do poached. I won't do boiled. And I don't get it because poached is pretty much the same, but it's different. Yeah. So that's probably where my shakshuka, where I noped out of it. Yep. (laughs) I would think so. (laughs) So I was thinking about potatoes this week in preference for this. There's a place in Portland, Maine that does potato donuts. You know mm-hmm. how like you can make potato bread? They use potato in okay. their donut mix. And it's, That seems like it would be very heavy. It is. It's not you're not eating more than one or two of them, you know, like and but yeah, it's I, I enjoy potatoes used in such a way. Like gnocchi is one of my favorite things. Uh, I just think it's so good, right? Like yes. it's just cheesy and fluffy. And I don't know if it violates the principle of no longer being potato, but it's mostly potato, right? Oh, like you, throw, you know, we have to we have to consider that if we considered the corned beef hash. I'm going <laughs> to. Gnocchi is allowed. 
I'm gonna catch so much flack for this because probably with Caleb hates this place. But one of the best gnocchi dishes I've ever had is Olive Garden's chicken and gnocchi soup. Okay, just phenomenal. Really incredible. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things I've ever had. It's probably a top five favorite food of mine. Is Olive Garden's chicken and gnocchi. Say what you want. Yeah, let's not even bring up the spaghetti and fettuccine and the microwaved pasta and all that stuff. But the chicken and gnocchi soup, amazing. Amazing. I had, well, I was doing like all those little meal kit delivery things. And my favorite, the only recipe that I've like replicated from those that I kept the recipe card until last week when I was moving and screw all that, um, (laughs) was gnocchi. It was like you chopped up Brussels sprouts and put them in a skillet fried them in the skillet and then you use the same skillet to put gnocchi and like some chopped up prosciutto a little bit of honey and lemon and then just mix the brussels sprouts back in and butter and it created a sauce with like the honey and lemon and butter and it was just the easiest meal and delicious and it has a vegetable brussels Mm. sprouts i mean that's like my no as a kid absolutely as an adult food really Oh, I still haven't gotten there. I'm not, you still haven't got. Oh, I love Brussels sprouts so much. I have to say, Brussels sprouts for me had always been a. I like them when other people cook them, but I could never cook them right. And this is the only dish that I've been able to cook them and like them. Mm. This podcast has made me now want to do a dinner that's gnocchi and mochi just because it kind of rhymes, <laughs> even though that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, they both have the same like consistency, a... though. Yeah, they Like, similar. I feel like gnocchi and mochi, like, yeah. both have that, like, weird, chewy consistency. Yeah. Also sounds like a Pixar movie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. The Adventures of Gnocchi and Mochi. <laughs> it's like a, a little Italian boy and a little Japanese boy, and they're just, yeah. you know... Become best friends. Exactly. I heard Luca's really good. Is yeah, Luca out good. or just press screeners? Uh, just pressers. It comes out two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, heard it's heard it's very good. So. Yes, I no follow key. Charles Villanueva too. <laughs> that's I think that's where I saw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> him and uh, Jake he, from discussing film. He has started to have a out uh, an outsized like formation of my opinion of animation. Because, like, I went into Raya and the Last Dragon a little nervous because of his review, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you guys read it, but Charles was basically like, um, I'm from one of the countries represented here, and I don't feel like they did a particularly great job of it. You know, like, there was a veneer yeah. of representation, but not necessarily, like, actually a great job of it. Huh. Um, potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Potatoes. So steak fries really that's my go-to i don't like crinkle cuts or wedges potato wedges or jojos so so you like your potatoes soft and like well just the the smooth wide the smooth wide fry they have their place what i like about the steak fry is it takes a lot of seasoning like mm-hmm. Red Robin, not the world's best fries, but the Red Robin seasoning, like you can pack a lot of that yeah. stuff on top of a steak fry. Yeah, Bojangles too. Bojangles does the steak fries with their Cajun seasoning. Mm. But but when you get a bad batch of Bojangles fries that just haven't been cooked long enough, it's just like a bunch of soggy right. potatoes. Like, yeah, they're not great. But steak fries are one of the tops for like topping with bacon and cheese. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Adam, I'm curious, is this like a uh, a broader issue of like crunch? Like 
do you like like edge pieces of brownies or do you like the middle pieces like are you the generally corner p- a birthday cake like the corner piece of a birthday cake is the no it's not a crunch thing oh maybe it is a crunch thing not with k i'm just saying that i'm already my attention problems is shifting us away to the corner <laughs> piece of the birthday cake is the best piece on the cake but no i don't think it's crunch i don't mind soggy potatoes really see that's what i love about a crinkle cut or a waffle cut is there's so much exterior edge that there's lots of texture see i like waffle fries too i mean crinkle crinkle cuts just like i don't mean to gatekeep potatoes or anything (laughs) but crinkle cuts just like a little too elementary for my it's for children yeah yeah it's um, so i can now I can agree in as much as part of what I love about a crinkle cut is the nostalgia. Like when I was a kid, my mom always bought like the Orida crinkle cut, like ones that you do in the the oven. And I've been buying those lately just because they make me feel like I'm eight again, you know? So I I can see what you're saying there. But they're always going to be like the crispiest, like a place that has crinkle cut to me, they're usually super crispy. Like that cut gives you a lot of surface area to crisp up and it's probably i mean like shake shack does crinkle cut and they use like real i think they use beef tallow like mcdonald's Mm. used to there's an amazing podcast out there about how mcdonald's ruined their fries because of one guy that brought the attention to the fact that they fried them in beef tallow um and how hard it was that they could never find another oil to fry their fries in to get that same crunch what is beef tallow? I don't even know this. Beef fat. Like just fat. Okay. It's like the fat from beef. Like, but oh, processed. I was concerned it was something like just <laughs> blended beef. That <laughs> they boiled. Like intestine. <laughs> blended yeah. intestine. Like, yeah. I mean, like lard is pig fat. Right. That you cook it down and you strain it to get out any like remaining pieces. And then it's just like the pure fat. Yeah. Um, and I think beef tallow is like the same thing, but with beef. But that's what, like, evidently that's, like, the best thing for frying fries and get you that real crisp. And this guy, like, you know, in, like, the late 80s or early 90s or whenever, like, in the height of the saturated fat is what's killing everybody, you know, pointed out the McDonald's fries, their fries and beef tallow and, like, McDonald's cut it and, like, it took them forever to try to get their fries crispy again. Um, hmm. And I just hate that guy because I think real, I, I would like to taste a real McDonald's fry from back in the day. So I saw an incredible YouTube expose on McDonald's ice cream machines. I was just going to bring that up. Did you see I this? I, I read the, uh, is it Vice? Vice or, oh, Wired. Wired okay. did a piece about this whole saga that's going on and lawsuits and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is incredible. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, historically, the McDonald's ice cream machine is always down, right? Like, it's right. it's crazy. And, like, there's trackers that note that at any given time, like, 15 to 20% of the ice cream machines in the country are down. Yeah. It, it's an unfathomable failure rate. And basically, the reason is the ice cream company and McDonald's have been together so long. The ice cream company makes them to break and then mm-hmm. charges franchisees exorbitant fees to yeah. send in their texts to fix them. And they purposefully like put all the errors like behind like all these layers of like codes and gibberish. And then they don't even give them like a manual to fix it. So you have to drop 300 bucks a pop to like have the tech come in. 
and it's it's become like a majority of the revenue for the ice cream company machine is fixing their ice cream machines that they purposely designed to break but mcdonald's puts up with it because it's all on the franchisee so they're like screw you we're buddies with these guys whatever it's unbelievable like if I'm a McDonald's franchisee, I would want to sue their butt so bad. Did you well were did you read about the couple that circumnavigated it or whatever? Yeah, they like created like an app yeah. on your phone that could fix it. And that then McDonald's like said that they'd take away your franchise agreement if you use yeah. the app or whatever. It's it's so nuts. It's crazy. Like, it's not even that good of ice cream either. It's like I'm getting a quarter pounder and fries just give me a damn milkshake oh it's that's probably on. the healthiest thing on the menu though like the <laughs> oh, ice cream yes. cone the small ice cream cone like i think a friend yeah. of mine like at one point was like it's like 100 calories for a small ice cream cone like probably one of the healthiest thing on the menu yeah no it's just amazing and particularly because the reason they're usually broken is just that they overfilled it and like if they just turned the machine off and scooped out like two cups worth of like the mix and then turn it back on it would be fine but instead they're paying 300 bucks a pop to get it fixed (laughs) there's something with uh pasteurization or whatever if you accidentally bump the machine or touch the machine or do anything the whole eight hour process has to restart it can't just pick up from where it was yeah it's just like they make the machine so I'm hoping the audio picked up Rhiannon hitting herself in the face with her (laughs) microphone. As you said, if you bump the machine, it was very well timed. (laughs) Crash 3D or virtual reality or something. So are the franchisees suing or who's doing the lawsuit? The people that did the app are suing out because McDonald's told their franchisees that they can't use the app. And the the ice cream machine, there's this device or whatever they're, uh, not audio engineers they're computer engineers or whatever and they came up this the, with the device and you put the device on the machine and the device bypasses the menu the steps to get into the menu or whatever and just pretty much shows you the menu and apparently the vast majority of ice cream problems can be fixed if you have access to this damn menu or something i guess yeah. and it's insane because basically what it does is you plug it in and your phone will say you overfilled the machine or, oh, this part needs to be realigned. But the machine's interface is like error code 57663942B. And there's literally no key to it. The only people in the world that have the book to tell them what that error code means is the stupid texts that are that are paid by the ice cream machine company. It's going to make a fantastic documentary someday. Yeah. Apparently YouTube already kind of has one. Yeah, I have it's to great. watch it because I only read the read the wired piece yeah i put it on my facebook adam it never shows up on anybody because facebook hates youtube videos i don't know if you've noticed this if you yeah, post right. a youtube video yeah. no one will see it the algorithm like immediately crucifies most it. yeah they uh most external links they're they're slowly slowly going down it's all about that organic stuff it's it's just about the pictures of food and stuff man about the pictures of the kids did you guys see in my nothing screams organic quite like you can't post anything else <laughs> exactly <laughs> sorry Anna, you, what was that? did you guys see my birthday cake pictures i did, I, did. I loved it i think I, I i don't go through and like track who likes and loves or whatever but 
Speaking of which, everyone wish uh, Rhiannon a happy birthday once oh, you yeah. see this in the comments section. Yeah. Did you get the corner piece of the cake? They were circles. Circles. <laughs> so, kinda, yeah. <laughs> Makes every, it a every little piece difficult. Of and oh, I got the whole cake, both cakes. So my mom like really, really wants me to have birthday cake. You know, like it's a thing for her. So she had this local bakery like to send me a birthday cake. Carrot cake is what she always does they it got here and i'm in the middle of moving you know so it was like my day of unpacking and exhaustion and all this was my birthday the cake got here at like after nine o'clock at night like 905 <laughs> finally and like i i mean at that point i was just like exhausted and a little bit mad that i still had to like interact with humans to go get this cake and i go to open it up like and i have been thinking for hours about this carrot cake and it was red velvet Oh. Um, even the box says carrot cake so my mom wrote them like an email like this is really sad you know and so they were like well we want her to know how good our carrot cake is so they sent me a whole freaking carrot cake and like I don't know um, if I should just I've just like started offering people in the elevator like hey do you want to come to my room to, to my apartment and have cake like I have a sh- or i have a crap ton of cake <laughs> like, i promise i'm not a serial killer <laughs> i don't know what to do with it <laughs> so anyways i have a lot of cake so at valentine's day we ordered um some stuff from milk bar in manhattan yeah because they're yeah. like shipping all across the country yeah and so like i had it supposed to arrive on friday the 13th before you know valentine's mm-hmm. day on saturday and i checked on it like thursday night or friday and i had like no tracking info yeah and i'm like i'm sure they got overloaded or whatever and so i sent them just a simple email it's like hey guys i'm not seeing any tracking info is there something wrong with the order is it just delayed just curious what's going on so i hear nothing back it finally shows up on like monday or tuesday so it was a little late you know and it was a bummer it was a bummer we didn't have it but it, it it was just to share with the kids we enjoyed it the food was awesome all that stuff so I get an email from them like two weeks later and they say, we're really sorry. We know it came late. We're refunding you in full for everything you bought. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was good of them to make up, but good gracious. They lost a lot of money if they did that very often. <laughs> well, and that's what, I mean, like my cake, when the wrong cake came, mom was like, do you want the, you know, she was like, do you want them to send another, you know, do you want the carrot cake or do you just want, and I'm like, I already have like a whole freaking cake here. I don't need another cake. Right. Just get the refund. Yeah. Just get a refund. I would like, like to make it to my next birthday actually. Yeah. <laughs> and but like the bakery was like, no, cause mom's letter was like, she just moved to Brooklyn and I thought it would be cool to get her something from a local bakery and all this. And so their letter back was like, no, we want her to know that we have good carrot cake. So I have a lot of cake. So it's good, right? That's, that's it. The carrot cake decent. is very good. Very Fantastic. good. You don't like red velvet, huh? Well, I, I if you all day think about carrot cake, yeah, and the yeah, thing yeah. about like carrot cake is like I'll eat it for breakfast. Why not? Like it's got cream cheese, it's got <laughs> carrots, it usually has nuts, maybe some raisins. Like it's it's a balanced it's it's basically a granola bar, is not basically healthy, what it is. But it's balanced. <laughs> Like, what? And then red velvet is basically a chocolate cake. So it was just like my taste buds weren't prepared for that. Yeah. You know, like all day I'd been thinking. So like the second day the red velvet tasted better because like 
I had my expectations in the right place. What's what makes red velvet red velvet? Because I, I feel like this is one of the food trends. It's kind of like the pretzel bun, but I feel most people just make something red and call it yeah. red velvet. So my understanding is that nowadays it is nothing more than red food coloring. And really. a chocolate cake. Back in the day, it was when you made a chocolate cake with buttermilk because the pasteurization and the like lack of preservatives and stuff buttermilk would make the cocoa beans have a reddish tint so my understanding is that's the history of it but nowadays it's just chocolate cake with red red food dye and cream Mm. cheese icing yeah yeah to be fair to the bakery this is why it could have been easy to confuse them i assume they both have the same frosting on the outside right no the red velvet has like red like crumbs on top Oh. and the carrot cake has like brown crumbs on top so like they actually are pretty recognizable okay and the box even like said carrot cake that had the red velvet inside so yeah that'd be interesting the bakery plays russian roulette but with cakes and they just make everything look the same yeah, yeah. this yeah. one's going out good luck <laughs> it's bean boozled it might be a carrot cake it might be vomit let's get- see so that brings up like when I, I don't I don't know if this is available in places not New York, but there's an app called Too Good to Go that like bakeries and stuff you can pay five bucks to get their leftovers at the end of the day, oh. and like you can get like it'll say you know this place has you know five orders available you have to pick up between five and six p.m. Um, and I did it at a bagel place a few weeks ago. And like you pay five bucks and I went in and they gave me like, oh my God, it was like 18 bagels, like a bag oh, full of dude. like one of every bagel they had left. I did so many things with bagels and still through. <laughs> Next time random places in order, she's going to get the muffin tops, <laughs> not the stumps. You would get all the bottoms. Right. <laughs> like, oh, they would be like, we sell the, the tops. You, you get know. all the bottoms of the muffins. I-, I had friends in college that would do that at Walmart. They would like show up at the prepared food section where they had like the rotisserie chickens and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they would just like stand there from like five minutes to close until close. And more often than not, someone who worked there would be like, oh, hey, dude, you want some of this? Like, we've got like five leftover rotisserie chickens. Do you want one? And they would just get free food from Walmart that way. That's awesome. I used to like, the grocery stores when I was in college and stuff, like they had the point that they would go through at the end of the night and put like the dollar off, two dollar off stickers on all the rotisserie chickens. Mm. And I used to like time that, like if I go at seven thirty, I can get the dollar off stickers. Which back then was like two thirds of the cost of the chicken since Rhiannon <laughs> went to college so many years ago. <laughs> yes, not back when people were calling milkshakes fraps. Not yeah. quite, but yeah, <laughs> close. Yeah. All right. So let's do this question before we're done. Uh, What is the best thing that you have ever had food? I knew this question was coming. I still don't have an answer. Like restaurant, just personal favorite. I don't care, man. Whatever. So my favorite thing in the whole world, we call in, in the Barnard family, we call them egg crumbles. And I'm not sure if you guys have had egg crumbles, but they're essentially dumplings. Okay. Or they're essentially um, biscuits or, or something. All it is is egg and flour. And okay. they make these dumplings. They're not biscuit dumplings or anything, but if like a chicken and 
egg. Crumb. They cooked in water, or are they? I Chicken mean, are broth. they boiled or are soup? They... They're boiled. You boiled. Okay. You you so you put you crack the eggs in. You whisk the eggs up, and you slowly whisk in the flour. You could add milk, and it makes it a little bit lighter if you want. Um, but yeah, you either do like a chicken and dumpling, or if you're doing like chicken soup or potato soup, or something like that. Um, and you just dunk the you spoon them in and dunk them in, and that's, so it's like that's a, my comfort. Yeah. So it's like a crossbreed between like an egg noodle and a dumpling. Yeah, it's it's exact. It's like a pot. It's not pasta. It's not dough. It makes like a pseudo batter type thing. Okay. It's hard to explain. And I try, I, I have no idea where this came from because I try finding a recipe or pictures online and there's nowhere, nowhere hmm. on online that has it. So, that's so do you just like, eat the dumpling or do you eat it with something no, else? It's, yeah, it's in the soup. You you put it in the soup. You either make your soup or you can make it a little bit thicker. Like I, I like a, a chicken and dumpling, like a mm-hmm. like a pot pie filling without the pot pie or mm-hmm. even with the pot pie. That type of stuff with the dumpling because then the the sauce gets all over the dumpling and makes it nice and then you bite into it and it's all this carbohydrates going into your bloodstream and or whatever carbohydrates do i think um, they go straight to the arteries i was gonna say the lining your arteries i believe is the answer right, yes, <laughs> so that's uh that's probably my favorite meal just the i love like the diner stuff like a hot turkey sandwich Ooh. I'll eat me a hot turkey sandwich all day. That's where, like, when we, I mean, like, absolute favorites. Like, yeah, there's so many things that, like, I automatically dismiss because I'm like, yeah. But then I would sleep for two days. Right. Like, I've had some, I mean, my friend and I once went to this French restaurant that had this. I, I, it was like potatoes. I guess it was like a fancy potatoes au gratin, but it was like pure cream butter and just potatoes that you eat straight out of like a cast iron skillet um but like i was sick by the time i got home i mean like i i was incapacitated for the next day um but my dad makes sous vide steaks Mm. so he'll get like a whole filet roast and like cut up cut you know so it becomes filet mignon and sous vide it so and for those that aren't familiar with sous vide like you put it in a plastic bag and you put it in a water bath and that water bath raises the temperature of the food to whatever exact temperature so you know if you want a perfectly cooked steak it's at whatever temperature whatever you know what you want rare whatever so like 135 degrees so the whole steak is cooked to that temperature and then he seasons it and hits it with a flamethrower so it's like charred on the outside and I mean, this is all just a game for my dad to play with the flamethrower, but you end up with the perfect steak every time. Like even, I mean, he's even messed up batches and they end up being well done and it is a tender, well done steak. Like, and it's amazing. Um, and then sometimes when he does that, like we have the leftovers and the next day my mom will make potatoes and we'll do like potatoes loaded with strips of steak and all kinds of stuff on them. And that's probably one of my favorites. 
So do you know what sous vide machines are going for now? Like, I feel like they used to be more expensive, but they're coming down. So you can get like a sous vide stick. Like he started all of this with, it was just like, it looks like those um, immersion blenders. Yeah. You can get those and stick it in a cooler. Right. And, you know, it'll keep the water in the cooler at the specific temperature. And those are less than $100. I mean, I think if you look around on Amazon, um, and they upgraded to getting it looks like an oversized crock pot that just does the sous vide but i think those sticks are pretty cheap these days that's cool um and totally worth it to i mean if you like making steaks and all of that because like i know everybody like they have their thing with the grills and you know just like use your grill to make corn and whatever for the side chicken for the kids that don't eat steaks and sous vide those steaks and then I mean, the flamethrower is really a fun touch, but yeah, you could throw them under a broiler or something too. Yeah, it's just the crazy consistency that's amazing mm-hmm. with sous vide. You know that you can get yeah. it at that, and I've seen people that like get it to the right temp and then they just leave it there forever, and yeah. it's a very weird thing because it's it's not getting too well done. Like it is a little bit, but like no. there's not enough heat to really there's not enough heat to like mess it up, and so it's like. What would it be like if I could get meat to the perfect temperature and leave it for 12 hours? You know, like right. what happens? I mean, because that water is just going to be 135 degrees. Like, yeah. so it's not going to heat your meat up to like 150 if you forget about it. If you leave it in there for four hours or 24 hours, your meat's going to be at 135. Yeah. Um, now, what I don't know, like all the tricks of sous vide. So I went to a restaurant once and a friend of mine ordered a pig ear. And they took this pig ear and it was sous vide like 24 hours yeah and then like then they cut it into very thin strips and there was something about the long-term sous vide that broke down the cartilage and it ended up being it was like cut into really thin strips and then breaded and deep fried and it was amazing i mean i guess it was amazing i guess it was just like really good pork skins or you know bacon it had like a slightly bacony flavor to it because it's pork but so i don't know like what all the sous vide for that like the 24 hours probably did make a difference like it being in that bath for that long yeah but with the steaks and it's not boiling because like they're in plastic but it's not a high enough temperature to worry about like leaching from the plastic or anything yeah um it's just delicious so what about sous vide eggs can you sous vide eggs yeah (laughs) yeah my parents did yeah so my parents did um yeah my mom thought this would be fun for a family gathering like she got little glass bowls i mean they serve that at like starbucks you can get the sous vide eggs so she did like little glass bowls and filled them with like scrambled egg and like threw in little bits of ham or whatever and then put them in the sous vide at night so when everybody got up you could just like take you know grab it and get a little thing of eggs out and eat them and I was like, just make a casserole, mom. Like a hash brown casserole. So you mentioned the the pig ear. We once did a whole pig roast at a restaurant. And it's so fun. Like they bring out the whole thing. And then they butcher it in the back and like bring out different like cuts over time. Have you ever had pig cheek? Guacamole, man. It's the best thing. It's it's amazing. It's unbelievable. Oh, so good. I've had jowl bacon. Yeah. 
Oh. Like farmers, like when I was at the farmer's market, like bacon was so popular, but there's only, only so much pork belly. So they would make bacon out of the jowls. How'd you, how'd you, because one I had was kind of cured. It was like a mix between bacon and like a prosciutto type thing. No, this one was roasted. Was mm-hmm. it roasted? Yeah. So like they brought the whole thing out and then, you know, you're just getting pork chop and then you're getting, I mean, I don't know all the different parts, but you're getting some, some, uh, stomach and some, you know, the pork belly and it's, it was crazy. And then the last plate is the, like the head plate. So like there's cheek meat, but then there was also brains and like all that other stuff, you know, it'd be amazing. Like in the middle, they just bring out a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. Yeah. Like you don't want to know what's in this one. (laughs) So I think my favorite thing I've ever had, I'm going to go the opposite of Adam. Adam's like all heartfelt and, you know, family. So for me, it was Le Bernardin restaurant in Manhattan. And uh, they did a dish that was a langoustine, which is sort of like between a lobster and a shrimp. Like it's the missing evolutionary link. So it's mm. a little bigger than a shrimp, but a little smaller than a lobster. Very sweet. And they cooked it over a piece of foie gras. And so it was like together. So it was like that crustacean sweet meat with a little bit of then that like, I always think foie gras is kind of bacony, like that like salty, meaty flavor. And I mean, it was ridiculously expensive, but it was the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> um, this yeah. is before New York banned the foie gras. So I'm glad I guess I got it in. So where are you going to get it at now? Where can like, that's what I just assumed is that it would be at a fancy restaurant in New York. Or chop, oh, what foie gras? I mean, there's yeah. other places. We there were restaurants in Maine last week where we were that had it, but yeah, just can't do it in New York anymore. So when you go to Maine, does it feel like you're like in another country? How's Maine feel? I always forget about Maine. Adam, you would find Maine probably more like Iowa than you would think. Oh no! Like I was hoping it would be all woodsy. I love the woods. no. So okay, so is it no. Ty- topographically is that the right word it is west virginia (laughs) it is much it is much different than iowa as far as like there's tons of woods and great big trees and the the water and it's it's gorgeous naturally Mm -hmm. i'm saying like it's just out of the way like if you're living in maine you're kind of purposefully trying to live away from human beings or you're a lobster man like that's pretty much the only reason you live out there so it's just I think it has a it would have a small town America feel that you would find familiar like, culture. Is it the uh, it's a, it's far enough away from everything else? There's actually like space between the towns and there's breaks oh. between the towns. So we went to a little town. Country. For for our listeners, I went on like a, a sailing ship on a boat that's been continuously sailing since 1870, and so they took us into a little town called Stonington. And there's like a coffee shop, two tourist shops, uh, a gas station that's basically a Casey's like, and like three other things. Like there's nothing out there, but it's where you live. If you're a lobsterman, like there's a ton of lobster boats that go out of that, that cool, that um, shore. And it's like, they were telling us it's two hours by car from anything of significance. Like it's, you can sail over to um, a populated center faster then you can drive if you're out there like you are there's a grocery store and they bring stuff into it but like if you wanted to go into the city or to see a movie or something like i think you really do have to drive hours to like get to like something so of any very, significance yeah. yeah so it is exactly like i look at that 
Yeah. So, so was this one of the areas where they're so secluded that they have their own dialect and? I didn't meet a whole lot of people. I'm oh, okay. sure that there is some of that. I mean, you know, it's not like it's not Newfoundland. I mean, we were still south of that by quite a bit, but um, there's yeah. there's some. I, I think there's an island off of North Carolina or somewhere that like the people there just kept themselves so secluded that yeah. it barely sounds like English. Like you just they have their own dialect and they just. So it sounds like a type of place that would be like that. Did you learn any sea shanties? No, we didn't do any sea shanties. I was, I'm sorry. I did learn a little bit about sailing. Like we, we, we lifted the, the sails and took out the anchor and all that kind of stuff. So are we supposed to call you like Captain Ahab now or what? No, I was not a captain by any means. The food though, dude, they brought in, so they have a chef that's on the boat. This chef actually is from Manhattan. He like, it was a private chef that like has done catering for years for like big events and stuff. The food was incredible. Like it really, it's, it's just sitting and eating for three days is what it is. It just never, <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, it was, it was great. If it had not been raining and 45 degrees, it would have been excellent. <laughs> it was still, we enjoyed it a lot, but it was, it was cold. It's uh, it's getting to that time of the year, guys, that we're going to have to have the air conditioner chat again. And talk mine's about on. It. Mine's on, too. I finally cut mine on. That's why I'm wearing a hood. I need to turn it up. Because I'm like, you're wearing a hoodie. Why are you paying for air conditioning? Yeah, I know. I need to, I, need, I do need to turn it up, but it was first of the year. Let's get the, the, the place cool off, and yeah. then we'll circle back next week with temperatures. And here it was, uh, I had it on all night, so it was dry. So that was fine. Uh-huh. Like right now, it's just the humidity. It's not yeah. so much the temperature that bugs me, but the humidity. So, yeah. So I did my, I did like one of my trips to Greenwood Cemetery yesterday. Yeah. And because I go to these events at Greenwood Cemetery, they have like concerts where you walk throughout the cemetery and they have musicians at different sites of significance of whoever's buried there. Um, and it was just so muggy. Like, yeah. I, they made you wear a mask. And I wore, oh. even, like, I have certain masks that are, like, wick-away masks. Like, they're not that great from protecting you from COVID. But I'm fully vaccinated and we were outside. So, yeah. like, I wore this wick-away mask. But even it got, like, soaked. Ugh. And it was just You're, wet. Like, waterboarding yourself, yeah. Yeah, and then you just have this rub thing against your face. And it was just gross. But totally worth it for the event. I mean, like that place is amazing yeah so uh next week are saturdays good are we thinking we're going to continue saturdays for loki that works for me for now works for me too yeah all right so listeners uh next week we'll be back to our normal programming i hope you enjoyed this we did we always wanted to do it um loki comes out wednesday so we'll be chatting on it next saturday probably and uh hopefully we'll get some more trailers and stuff too so I heard a rumor that June 10th for a Spider-Man trailer. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear it from Charles Murphy? Cause he knows all the Spider-Man trailer news. <laughs> yeah. I heard you're supposed to ask him and he'll just tell you everything. That yeah. What's his uh, Twitter it. handle? Let's might as well just toss the Twitter handle out. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> go to Charles Murphy and ask him all of your Spider-Verse Spider-Man um, trailer questions. Exactly. And, and ask him how many minutes Andrew Garfield and um, Toby, Toby McGuire have yeah. in it. Cause I'm sure he would like to, to field those questions as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and like the role in the trailer. Like, I think he's yeah. really become an expert in talking about this upcoming trailer. How much screen time will Andrew Garfield have in the trailer? You know, mm-hmm. that's really what he, he wants to talk about. Yeah. I can't believe they let him see it already, though. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know why he won't share this information with us, but if everybody just asks him nicely, maybe he will. And if he doesn't, send him the Loki um meme that he just screams, tell me. He really likes that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send him that or send him the uh um Salma Hayek one. I don't know whose face is <laughs> superimposed over Salma Hayek. Yeah. Send him that one too, because he, I know he actually likes that one. Yeah, he enjoys that one. All right, seriously, guys, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to whatever this was. We'll talk to you later.